0: Hello, and welcome to Men in Charge in Brief. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today, Kevin, we're continuing with the Commissariat of
1: Time interlocking episodes, aren't we? We are. This is a special mind-bending story arc of three parts. We're in the middle of right now. We're discovering how the Commissariat of Time was originally created. We don't expect or anticipate that the solution will make any sense, but we hope you'll enjoy listening to it. And
0: you still are required to discern the implicit question underlying this episode. Mail it in, and if it's correct, you could win a valuable
1: prize. Somewhere in the distant present lies the origins of the curiously inhuman Commissariat of Time. Last time on Commissariat of Time, we saw recently fired, now ex-commissar of time, Mar-Pertwee, approached by Dr. Proteus, a mysterious scientist.
2: Listen, what if I told you that you had some power to, well, how delicate should I be? Some power to retaliate against your former bureaucratic overlords, what would you say?
1: How could Ma pertwee resist? And now, thanks to technology, whose potential for abuse is well beyond the moral capabilities of humankind, she finds her adult mind sent back in time to inhabit her child body.
3: Strange, I'm back at St. Preparatory School for young masterminds. But I remember everything from the past thirty years since I left here. Julie Maupatui, it's recess! Get up off the ground and start bullying. Or start to be bullied. But Sister Youngblood, I've no time to bully. I've got to find out how the mysterious, intellectual commissariat of time first originated. Ah, now that's proper imaginative play. It's good when you girls engage with dolls and sandboxes and trucks. But even better when you construct elaborate fantasies about... Excuse me, Twee. where are you zipping off to? I'm on a mission, sister. Call it a mission from God. I've got to get to the physics lab. But, but we have no physics lab, young lady.
1: It's true, St. Biff's was given authority, originally by the Trent Council Appendix of 1503, to deny one science. Why they chose physics instead of, say, evolutionary biology or phrenology, we'll never know. But nevertheless, as young Ma Pertwee skidded to a halt at the end of a locker line corridor, she finds...
3: Whoa!
2: A gleaming new science lab! No, not quite, Ma Pertwee. It's a science fair experiment that asks the question, will building a fully functional science lab in the school motivate students towards taking physics, or not? Prezius, is that you? Well, baby, did we go to school together? We are, in fact, in a school together for school-related purposes.
3: Sorry, my tenses are all screwed up, since my older self's personality time-traveled back to inhabit the body of my today self. Well, where's your younger self's personality? Oh, I didn't think about that. Displaced, defunct,
2: I guess. Look at how casually you'd confess to murder. Ha!
3: Suicide at best.
1: Twe is about to make her move to undermine Proteus' awesome science fair project, with results that will both shake to its core and create the Commissariat of Time for all time. But that is a story listener for next time. So, Tony, did someone send in an implicit question, and if so, how do you evaluate it?
0: Well, someone did. Reggie Neshvittle from Casper, Wyoming asks, Is it too late to send in the implicit question for this episode? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yet, it's not too late, but the question is wrong, so no valuable prize for you.
1: But chew on that paper that you wrote the question on, and maybe you'll get some fiber. (laughs) That's cruel. But for some other paper chewers that we like, thanks to our cast, Nancy Roth, Faith Lloyd, Miranda Lloyd, and Kevin Decker. Our writer for today was Kevin Decker.
0: We'd also like to thank the only man who carries a 30-foot rope with him in case he needs to make a quick escape from the second floor, Brian Lindsay.